0: to see you all, and it's good to um, just dwell in the presence of the Lord together, hear what he has to say to each one of us. So I hope you've come with your heart ready to receive from the Lord this morning. Amen. So we've been uh, going through the series, we started I think some four or five weeks ago, now unstrapped when we started pastor sylvester explained this word in details and since then we have learned so much amen i hope you have learned so much already yeah so we've learned so much on what god wants from us what he has for us his desire is not for us to remain bound but he wants us to be liberated. He wants us to be set free. He wants us to worship him. If you remember when, um, uh, when Joanna shared, he was talking to us about uh, the children of Israel when they asked to be released from Egypt. That at one point Pharaoh said, okay, some of you, I think you can go, but leave this, leave this, leave that. But the desire of God was for them to go, all of them, not just all of them, but with everything. And that's what God wants from each one of us. And throughout this series, I hope your heart is opened, your eyes are opened to see and reevaluate your life and still search where is it, am I still strapped, where I need to be unstrapped. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. So it's not enough that you heard it once. You need to hear it again and again and again. And as you keep listening, your eyes get open to another dimension, another area. So maybe that Sunday you found that one area of your life is bound and you prayed. And the following Sunday, Lena preached and we had Pastor Nicholas preach. And I hope each one of these times you are allowing your heart to open up to the Lord and ask him, which area am I still bound? Which area do I need to be set free? Amen. So this morning, we are going to continue in the same series, Unstrapped. And we our focus today is biblical commandments on saving. Amen. So I took time uh, to see uh, the word saving we have there what does it actually mean? Or what does it entail? So, saving, in other words, means to perform duties of service for another person, or it could also be for an organization. Uh, saving also means to help, to offer assistance, to make a contribution, to lend a hand. We do this so that our minds are not limited. You know, sometimes as human beings, we tend to focus when we know something in one way. We tend to stay rigid and we don't allow ourselves to explore other ways. So, in short, saving, it's you lending a hand. It's you helping it's you making a contribution, just like we, Pastor Sylvester, was talking about this morning, about us putting our resources together to help our brother who is getting married next week. So that's our focus for today. And before we proceed, we would just like to read our main scripture, which is Second Corinthians 8, verses 1 to 16. And I will ask Hope to help us with the reading.
1: And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty world up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave us as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They agently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we aged Titus just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake, he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, the plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little.
0: Amen. Thank you, Hope. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. If you remember last week, I think Pastor Nicholas dwelt on that, about equality. So just to give you a brief background to the text that we've read this morning, this is uh, Paul writing about the Macedonian church. And uh, from Scripture, we see that uh, these churches are actually, the location is in today's uh, Greece, and um, This church, this is a letter being written, not necessarily to them, but about them. You understand what I mean? So this letter was written, and it was being sent to the church in Corinth. But the narration is about another people, another group, the Macedonian church. And Paul is talking to these Corinthians and telling them the manner in which the Macedonian church was able to give. From what we've read, we can see here how Paul is saying, I was, I was actually a witness to their giving. Meaning at one point, Paul was actually with the Macedonians. And he says, I saw the manner in which that they gave. They gave beyond their means. They gave beyond their, their capabilities. I wonder what would be said about you and I in our absence. When other people are writing about us in terms of our giving, what would they say? Because often people speak the actual truth when you are not there. You know that, eh? What would be said about you in the area of giving? If somebody was to write about your life to somebody else, like Paul was doing in this case here, He said that they gave themselves to the Lord first, and then they also gave us, they gave themselves to the apostles. So it's extremely important that you have a self-awareness of your disposition in terms of your giving, in terms of your saving, because it's not something that somebody else has to do for you. Giving, it's something that you yourself have to do so if somebody else was to write about you what would they say would they say that you gave beyond your means would they say that you gave you actually begged to give or you are someone who would need to be forced to give when it's being forced it's no longer giving amen So I want us to look a bit on the characteristics of uh, the Macedonian church which we read about here in terms of their giving. How was their giving? I I was finding this contrast where we are saying they they had great trials and affliction and yet with so much joy. (laughs) Have you been afflicted? Have you ever been afflicted? Do you know what affliction is like? And yet in it, you have so much joy. How possible is that? I have been afflicted. I don't know about you. But in your affliction, to have joy i went further to see what is the actual difference when we are saying joy what do we mean what is the difference between having joy being joyful and happiness happiness is something oh i'm happy today i'm excited by joy being joyful is the state of your heart is the state of your attitude not that you are not suffering but in your suffering you have so much confidence And conviction that in my suffering, God will come through for me. I believe that's how the Macedonian church was. So it's not that they didn't realize they were afflicted. But in their affliction, in their trial, they abounded in joy. There was so much joy. And not joy that you are just, hi, I'm all over the place. No, it's a joy where deep down in your heart, you have the assurance that in my affliction, God will come through for me. That was the, the type of their giving. Abject poverty. And yet, they were so much rich in their willingness to give. Someone who is so poor. You are so poor. But inside your heart, is though as if you owned the whole world, you would still give it. That's how these people were. And remember I told you that this discussion, this letter was not written directly to them. But this is Paul writing about them. And in abject poverty, they are bounded in riches. So their heart, their attitude was so right. They gave according to their ability and beyond. Uh, a, A perfect example here would would see what happened with the widow when Jesus was standing seeing people giving their offering and the widow gave the last coin that she had so there was no guarantee that she's going to go to a buluru or anyone else to help her but what she had that's what she gave And inside her heart, she could have given more if she had. Sometimes we think "Ah, it's easy for people to give who are rich because they still have a lot more. My dear, if you don't learn to give when you have very little, when you have more, it's even hard to give. It becomes so impossible. So you learn to give from where you are. Like this Macedonian church, Macedonian people, that's what they did. They gave according to what they were able to, meaning if it's one coin they gave, they gave. But even after giving that, the state of their heart was that if they had more, they could still have given. But so many times, we end our giving because um, I don't have enough. (laughs) So it's it's okay. Have you ever had that discussion with yourself in the months where the budget is very tight, you're like... (laughs) Even God understands. Am I the only one who's been tempted like that? Yeah. You are like, ah, anyway, this much. Ah, even God understands. We comfort ourselves that no, even God understands. God's portion, if you eat it, it's wrong. It's a sin. So even the things that you are saying, and he understands. You bring a case on yourself where it will not even be enough. Amen. So the Macedonian church, they gave not just what they were able to, but they gave even beyond. They were willing and they implored the apostles to receive their gift. Do you know what imploring is? Is to beg, is to say, Now, Papa, please receive my gift. I I mean, just studying about these people, my heart was, was just so overwhelmed. I'm like, this level of giving where it's not because somebody has asked that you give, but because you are begging somebody to receive your gift. Do you understand the difference? The shift in the mentality where you are not giving. It's not the one who is receiving that is begging you please bring to the lord when you bring to the lord he's gonna bless you a hundredfold i mean we preach those messages no but this is different it's the people on their knees begging the apostles saying please receive our gift do you ever find that giving it's actually a privilege it's an honor when you shift if we can shift our mentality our understanding on how the kingdom dynamics are i think even the way we give the way we save will be so much different the macedonian church the macedonian believers they implored they begged they are like they are so eager they are so desperate to give they badly wanted to give the apostles didn't beg them to give. But the people themselves wanted to give. That they begged them to give. And uh, when you reach that place, I think it would be, would be different. When you start seeing giving as an opportunity to be blessed, to be given an opportunity. How many times do we miss out on opportunities? Because sometimes we see the problem. And we place value on the problem, not the opportunities. Even in life. there are times that opportunities come our way, but we are so much focused on what could go wrong. I was sharing with the women uh, some three weeks ago, four weeks ago, on a three weeks maybe now, on entrepreneurship, where we are saying sometimes a business opportunity comes your way but because you are so much focused on risk and possibility of failure that you fail to take even the first step. Ah, oh, What if it, it may fail, I may lose my money, it may not work, there will be no business, uh, maybe other people are also selling. You, you just you created this big mountain that you fail to take advantage of, of, of the opportunity before you. What if it worked? It's not, and some of us by default, we are just so much focused on it might not work. And you know, when you start focusing on something, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and it becomes exaggerated. Yes, it's possible to fail, but maybe you just have learned how not to do it next time. It's possible that you fail, but it's also possible, very possible that you will succeed So when God presents us with opportunities, even when we are here in this church, there are opportunities being presented to us every time. Do you see them? Or you are always thinking, ah, if I volunteer, what if I don't do it right? I will not do it like that person. You are not that person, so why should you do it like them? I'm not that person. I'm not going to do it like them. I'll do it like me because God created me as me and I'm unique. And you will never find another image like me. They may speak like me. Maybe actually it's rare to find them. Or they may look like me. In Livingstone, there was one, one, one family. They were so convinced I was the daughter of this Ghanaian. And every time they saw me, are you sure you're not? I said, I know who my mother and father are. Yeah, so there are opportunities being presented all the time. And the Macedonian church, they saw that opportunity to give to the apostles. And they begged that they let them give. And that's where God wants, wants to take us in this series of being unstrapped, where giving is no longer an obligation. You give because from deep down your heart, you are seeing this great opportunity to sow in the kingdom of God, where you are placing value in eternity, where you want souls to come to Christ, where you are giving of your everything, where you are giving of your all. There's no separation. I'll give this part, but not that. I can do this. You know, we we, we are so complicated sometimes, but that's not what God wants. So we are going to focus on four uh, key areas that we are going to discuss uh, this morning in our giving. The first one we want to look at is giving of your heart, giving of your heart. And that is, uh, we see it in the scriptures that we read from uh, Second Corinthians 8, 5 where Paul is saying that the Macedonian church, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to us. We also see an account of Martha and Mary when Jesus visited. And then um, and then we, we have the two sisters. One was busy uh, preparing meals, and the other one sat at the feet of Jesus and just soaked herself with what God, what Jesus was sharing to her. So in our giving, God wants us to give our hearts. When I was thinking about giving of the heart, the picture that came to my heart was, um, to my mind was when I got born again many, many years ago in Mozambique at the time, Mozambique having been a communist country, so we didn't have bibles we didn't have literatures like we have now the the position is different but but back then we didn't have these pamphlets what what so when i got born again i remember back then there was like just a season of flooding of pamphlets literatures and at the time i remember i don't know if it, I, I should think it was even here. I saw it online. There was this picture of a face and a design of a heart. Pastor Sylvester, you remember, Pastor? You remember those? I don't know if they, they are still found here. And in it, that image, it shows your heart before you become a believer. There were animals inside the heart. You had uh, a snake. You have... Uh, I don't know if it's a snail, a frog, you have a tortoise inside the heart. These are drawings. No, I'm not saying inside my heart there was a tortoise. No. Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen that. Okay. It's quite quite a number. So there was that, and then there was the other image of the face and the heart. And then you have this light shining. You have a picture of an angel that is coming. You have a sword. And it just looked so, so beautiful. And as young as I was, I remember going through and this person explaining how your heart is when you give it to the Lord. And how these ugly animals start to run away. You remember? How this? Uh, animals start to run away, the animal of laziness, lies, whatever, I can't remember, but I think each animal represented something, and they started to run away, and when I was preparing this, that picture came so vividly in my, I don't know how many years ago since I saw that, but that just came so vividly as a demonstration when we say God wants us to give our heart. He wants all the ugly things, all those ugly animals to go out. Maybe we have forgotten. Just refresh your mind. Remember those animals. God wants all the ugly parts that do not belong to him to be taken out. And maybe there are still some crawling in there. Maybe at one point we let them out and then we went back and they've crawled in. Maybe you need to be unstrapped this morning from some of those. Giving of your heart. The Macedonian believers, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. So you cannot come and you are saving the Lord, but your heart is very far from him. There will be no reward. You need to make sure as you are serving in the worship team, you are saving in tech team, you are saving in ushering, in hosting, you are saving in children's church, you are serving in preaching, in MC, whatever it is, in whatever capacity God has called you to serve in the church, in the body of Christ, what is the dip- disposition of your heart? Is your heart totally sold out to him, that all of those ugly things are out, or you are at a place where maybe some of them have crawled in, and this morning, you can make a choice and say, I need to be unstrapped. I need to be set free. I need to give my whole heart to the Lord. Between Mary and Martha, Martha was busy cooking. Not that cooking was wrong. I think at some point you still need to eat but it was a wrong reading of the time. What is needed at a given time at that time what was most profitable was to sit by the master's feet and drink from his presence. So while you are saving here how far or how near is your heart to God? Amen. Amen. I hope you are here. Amen. Wonderful. So, God wants us to give our hearts to him as we are serving. Secondly, God wants us to give of our time. I did, I attended, um, I was attending a workshop, I think I mentioned the other time. I was attending a workshop with my team at work and um, I remember our coach saying, you know what, I've come to the conclusion that there's actually nothing like studying time management. And it's true. (laughs) Because how many hours do you have in a day? Are people in America having more hours than we do here? Maybe in Denmark. Do we have more hours in Denmark than here? Same, same everywhere. Between me and Eva, Eva, you have 24 hours? I also do. So all of us, we actually have the same number of hours. Yeah? So we actually can't manage time as such. There's no such a thing. I still agree with my coach. There is no such a thing as time management. I need to manage my time. You cannot because the hours are never going to increase. They've stayed that way. 24 hours for all of us equally divided. What you can manage is yourself and your tasks. So how, how in, in your saving the Lord, how are you managing yourself in terms of what are you doing with that time, the 24 hours that the Lord has given you in saving? Remember we said the saving, we are talking about you are saving people, you are saving God. You are saving institutions. All of them, they need to be saved in the 24 hours. So there's never going to be, no, now I'm going to increase my time. No, no. You can just manage your tasks and try to do them within the time that we all have. I remember way back when I had my, my first son, Josiah. A young mom In a foreign country, I don't know how to take care of a baby. I don't know what I need to do. do. I don't have an auntie. I don't have anyone to call to. My mother is very, very far away. At that time, you could give me money, but it's not money that I needed. So when we are talking of saving, don't limit your mind to just money. Saving is saving even with your time. I remember this faithful one, auntie, and I do tell my children about that auntie. She was in the church at the time. She's still in the church, same church we pastored then. She came. I never asked her. I never shimikira anything. She came every morning for two weeks. She was at my doorstep. She would come. She would make sure the baby has bathed. She would make sure the baby has uh, uh, done the kuchina and what whatever needed to be done. She made sure, and she was staying very far from my place, and she was poor. It's not that she had everything, no. She was poor. She struggled to put her kids to school. She was suffering. But what she had at the time to give was of her time. She came every day. I remember every single day. And I tell my kids, never sin against the relationships and never sin against this woman. That woman, she was at my house. She would come. If she can't come, she'll send her daughter. She was there, committed, and it, like I'm her child. I had no blood relation with her. I didn't even ask her. There were many women in the church. But you know most of them, the attitude was <laughs> no <laughs> no, I'm not any stronger than any of you. I'm just a human likeA shani. no, but she was there every day she came, she made sure my baby bathed, was looked after, and uh, I'm okay, and everything is okay until I was up on my feet. But even then, every weekend should come. To this very day, it's been how many years? I don't know. That woman, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing about that woman. Today, all her children have been to university. All her children have had white weddings. Two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago? I was at uh, the wedding of her last son with Pastor Sylvester. So don't 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 despise certain things that God will lead you to do. And don't write out yourself because you don't have money. Because sometimes what somebody needs it's actually not money. You may give money but it's not what they need. You could give me the best of cute uh baby torch, uh, clothes or clothes what that's not what I needed. I get very emotional. To this day, she calls me every now and then. And sometimes I'm so busy. I'll cancel. And then in the evening, she'll still call me. I've never paid her. I've never given her anything. But it's like her heart is so sold out to saving me. God honors such people. The third thing we can look at when we are talking about saving is your talent and skill and this one I will not read the scripture we see it with um with David uh first Samuel 16 verse 15 you could read it in your own time uh yeah it's there you could read it but this is basically an account where where Saul was being tormented by a spirit, and they said the spirit from the Lord was tormenting King Saul. And then one of his men said, "I think let's find somebody who is good at playing an uh, instrument called the harp. And then when he plays, I think then your your heart will be quietened. And they they picked on David, and David was so good at what he was asked to come and do, saving the Lord with your skills, with your talent and sometimes we don't save the lord with your skill or talent because of certain limitations or certain things that we think maybe this is not good enough or we either think our skill is not good enough or we think the people we want to save they are not good enough or they don't deserve it i remember when we were just starting open church we had certain people come to visit and you could see that they are talented, they are gifted. I remember one particular case where we are like, "Ah, you've been coming to church for quite some time. Maybe you would like to save What area are you would you like to save?" And they're like, "Ah, okay, um yeah, I would like to join the worship, but you know, it's full of kids <laughs> your Your worship team is full of kids, so uh no." Uh, I will just be observing. Full of kids, the kids are saving who? And you, we are asking you. Or oh, you want to save who? You, are, you want to save the kids, or you want to save God? You remember that? Yes. Said, ah, no, yeah, uh, I'm really gifted, and I would like to join the worship. But um, what what is your excuse this morning for not saving God with your talent? I I believe each one of us, their talents, their gifts, their skills that God has given us. And with those skills, he wants us to save him. That is the reason why he has given us those skills, is to save him. So what skills do you have? What skills has he blessed you with as you sit here this morning that God wants you to save? And sometimes you don't save maybe because of the structure we have. We are very flexible. I'll give you an example of this decoration here. Pastor Lina has been doing it every Sunday. I'm not good at doing it. Don't give me to do that job. I don't know. I'm just not. I can save in other areas. But maybe some of you are seated here and you are gifted. You can display these things today. Mama Lunda has done it. Look how beautiful it looks. But she's also in so many things. But maybe some of you are sitting here, and it's not limited to women. I've seen some people who do beauticians are actually men. You s- see these people who go on the runways, what what they are dressed by men. So maybe there are some of you young men seated here. You're actually very gifted at doing things like this play we have here. What is stopping you? Maybe you feel, ah, if I commit myself, it means every Sunday I have to be here at seven hours. Maybe, but maybe you could come and say, seven hours every Sunday I can't manage. Would you be flexible enough to allow me? I'll pick one Sunday in a month. Yeah? You could say that I'll pick one Sunday in a month. David could have said, ah, no, going to play my skill to go and play to a king who is probably thought to be going mad. I'm not going to do that. I mean, if if we want excuses, why not save God with our skills? We can find them, we can have them, and the devil is so clever, and he will give you more than enough of excuses you need to give each time. So I want you to think: How can you save the Lord with your skill? What is stopping you from saving him? We we read an account of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was. Uh, saving the king and he heard of a broken wall and he mobilized the resources and people with different skills came and rebuilt the wall of jerusalem so nothing can stop you from saving the lord number four saving the lord with your treasure treasure meaning something of value yeah something of value wealth gold precious stones we all know what treasures are, and Matthew six nineteen says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So this saving we are talking about, as you are doing it, you are actually putting points in your bank account in heaven. One day, your master will say, good, well done, good and faithful servant. You saved me faithfully. So what treasures do you have? Treasure, we are saying something of value. Do you have anything of value? I believe we all do. Now with that something of value, are you willing to save the Lord with it? Just take a moment to think, what is it of value do you have that maybe God wants you to save him with it? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The Macedonian church were eager to share what they had with the believers in Jerusalem. What is it that you can save the Lord with? And what is it that, what has been holding you back from saving God, from lending a hand? Some of you have known of people who have been need in need of help, and you have not been there. You have given excuses of saving the Lord either in church or at home or with a friend. But that's not what God wants in this season of being unstrapped. God wants our hearts to be open. He wants our hearts to be sold out totally to him and given to him so that we are free to save him. Is your heart given to him today? God wants us to save him with our time, with our talent, with our resources.